Hello, boys and girls. And friends beyond the binary. Yes. We have one email. I guess I have to do the intro first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's skip it. Let's go. We got no time. Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 39, Ship of Destiny, chapters 25 through 29, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, and I'm a new reader. I'm Elena, I'm a new reader. And I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. All right, first up, corrections, omissions, announcements. First up, our announcement, Fitz is brown. Yay! <laughs> Cannon! From we the knew that! Account. Yay! It means my drawing is accurate now. <laughs> and the official illustrated editions that we all just dropped money on are not. Wrong! They're still very pretty. They are very, very pretty. They're just wrong. Well, Kerithi is. But it's it's nice to hear her, her be explicit about it. Because I personally found it to be confusing reading it. It is confusing. It's very ambiguous. Yeah. Well, it is and it isn't. So officially, Hobbes said that Fitz is brown and always has been. Um, I don't know how true that is. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I will totally take it. But yeah gift horse sounds good yep 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 great let's just feed it um (laughs) (laughs) it likes oats (laughs) we also have a suggestion for the theme park from last episode kate sent us an email suggesting that there be knife fighting classes taught by a woman a pirate woman I think that's a good idea. We are, the, yeah, I'm there. I want to become a master of. I want to get, I want to get like a cool, like pirate thing. If I graduate from pirate knife fighting school, like culottes or uh, <laughs> like a parrot or. There will be a gift shop with costume items that you can buy. Hoop earring. <laughs> Along with like, and, the, and they'll all be knife and fighting merit the, badge. They'll all be text- textually accurate too to things that Etta is, you know, shown to sew or wear um, on page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, if you can shop for clothes, but they're all just pieces of cloth stuck in, in you know, like chests, and you have to sew your own shirt. As you <laughs> it's pre-made I mean, by Etta, and we have a good crew for that. So yeah. <laughs> you can either buy bolts of fabric, or you can buy the pre-sewn stuff. I'm into it. I'm into it. I want this. I want to, I want to live in it only because it's so hot here in New York that I would really love to just hang out in a water park. 
our heat index today was 104. It's Ugh. it's pretty like garbage yeah. here as well. I'm just my grass is just gonna grow from here on out. Like <laughs> I can't cut it in the dark, and it's too hot if the sun is up. So. <laughs> you could buy goats. <laughs> I mean, I have chickens next door. I don't think the neighbors are going to tolerate much more. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, So before we start, reminder that we have some major uh, content warnings on Chapter 26 for rape of a point of view character by a point of view character. Chapter 28 has uh, more threats of rape and sexual coercion. And then Chapter 9 has a whole bunch of uh, talk about uh, the aforementioned rape. Um, there's a confrontation of the rapist and denial of the rape victim's claims. It's a lot. So some of us are going to drop off, uh, in and out of this conversation. Feel free to skip ahead and I will put all of the section counts, minute counts, uh, in the Podbean description of the episode if you also want to skip some sections. So who is up first? That is I. So, chapter 25, refitting. Paragon is back, living the life he has for years. And boy, life's a beach. (laughs) Bresh and Ren is burned Hulk up onto an island, and the remaining crew is half-heartedly fixing him up again. Amber is cold toward him. Bresh and doesn't trust him. And the white serpent Carrion just sits off the island, whispering sweet nothings about how he should take his revenge. We hear lots of neat ship speak as Paragon thinks about spliced lines, planks, shanties, morose sailors, and dragons lurking within. Amber is up on deck, shambling about, covered in serpent spit. Um, when she is terse with Paragon, he yells, I couldn't help it. Kenneth is family to me. Amber wants to understand why Paragon would not have given the tools that they needed to succeed. Because he knew so much, he knew uh, he knew all about Kenneth, basically. Um, why would he have turned on them when they needed him most? So Paragon offers a trade, information about himself in return for information about the mysterious Amber. Who is, in fact, a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside of an enigma. Amber very re- reluctantly makes this deal. We learn hashtag facts. <laughs> Whenever, Am- wherever Amber came from, the folk there did not believe that she was what she claimed to be, and so she ran away. Two, Amber sees importance in Wintro, Althea, and Malta, but we hear again that she was originally seeking Wintro for her hashtag task. Three, Paragon plainly describes how Wizardwood is a cocoon for serpent changing into dragons. And he tells how he was made of two different cocoons, thus the two dragons within him. We already knew this, but now we know that Amber knows it as well. And then four, Kenneth's relationship to Paragon, which began with Kenneth's birth on Paragon's deck. And we get this very heartwarming description of the young Kenneth playing on his decks as a as a child and uh this is how paragon remembers him so after this exchange of uh very personal facts about each other 
Amber offers again to fix Paragon's eyes, and he counters that he would like all of his figurehead to be redone, not just his eyes. And Paragon says, make me a face that she could love. And Amber lovingly says, that would be quite easy, in fact. By the time that he's back in Bingtown, he could have a hot new bod. <laughs> back in Bingtown, what about Althea? And so we learn that Althea and Jack have survived because the shitty white serpent said so. I'm starting to like this shitty white serpent. He, uh, <laughs> you know, if you haven't noticed, I like these pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> the absolute worst characters because they're spicy. Uh and so Althea, Brashen, and Amber come up with a plan to ransom Althea back, as well as Jack, using the uh, paltry box of doubloons that they originally raised for Vivacia. But Paragon is like, nah, fam, I, g- I know some slimy son of a bitch. Let's take his mom hostage. And so they're, they've got this plan to go to Keyhole <laughs> Island and uh, take his mom hostage. <laughs> the, uh, Solid plan. And so all all of the the fun stuff is over now. <laughs> <laughs> this chapter was so beautiful. It had so many beautiful lines in it. It was a very romantically written chapter. You can't tell by my summary. Ah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I am kind of starting to like Carrion. Moby Dick. Moby Dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moby D. Got the, yeah, Team Moby D. He, you know, sometimes you just need you need that friend who might not be like the greatest <laughs> friend, but because they're not the greatest friend, they tell you the truth. Yeah, <laughs> they keep it real. Yeah. Honesty's great. <laughs> and then you're like, I, you know, I, I kind of wish you would drown and go away, but also, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the pep talks. <laughs> Slightly abrasive pep talks. Yeah, super abrasive. Super, super. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I find it fascinating that he's like, you know what? I'm going to go hang out with this dilapidated ship with two dragons. Fuck she who remembers. Fuck Malkin. Fuck the Tangle. Fuck that other, you know, bolt dragon ship. Uh, I like this one. I don't know. Maybe it's like a, you know, broken calling to broken or something. Yeah. You just felt that affinity. Well, the other serpents suck, so I don't blame him. Exactly. They're not listening to him. <laughs> exactly. Paragon is a receptive audience. Captive audience? Something like that. <laughs> and you get three for the price of one. That's true. Um, I also am super into the fact that we're finally getting a Paragon makeover. We've wanted that since book one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A face that she could And love. a whole entirely new face. Face? A face that yeah. she could love. Well, not just ears. Well, and not just that, but a face that like includes all of his faces. So, yeah. like, what what are we going to get faces. here? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. So <laughs> many eyes, eyes, eyes. <laughs> just eyes everywhere, which would match a serpent with the eyeballs all Her, over. Yeah, it. it's just going to be googly eyes. He's just going to be one round ball of googly Nothing's eyes. Nothing hotter than that. It's like, it's <laughs> and like they all spin. Cosplay. They all be. spin. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love the pinwheel eyes. They're so cute. Well, once uh, once Paragon awakens in his new form, that's you know we're gonna have to wait for that. Do his eyes spin? Because Vivacious did it. Like I'm pretty sure hers did the 
um, the the googly, snaky, spinny thing when she was totally bold. Well, he's oh, not yeah. totally. Yeah, Paragon's either. not a dragon. Yeah. They're... Yeah, he got to stay. So just one third of his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many eyes that will be in the end, but fifteen and a half. He has an eye patch. <laughs> I would make him look like that one monster from Ah, Real Monsters who. Holds his eyes. Yes, that holds his eyeballs. (laughs) Yeah. That show was so good. But then it's like, see, Paragon, now you've gone so long without, you know, having your eyes chopped out. So now you've got eyes that you can you can you can just drop them next time someone tries to take them from you and then (laughs) He regains them. He can eat them. Regurgitate them. Oh god. A face you could love. That's what that's what it is for me. Yeah. Face only an amber could love. Yeah. It would be quite easy. But I do like that fact that it could it uh encompasses the uh, the other two dragons. In theory. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, then again, you know, we also have to make sure that Amber is is as talented as we hope she is, otherwise it's gonna be like that Italian painting restoration. <laughs> Yeah. The Jesus fresco. <laughs> Everyone's like, "You look good." Yeah, <laughs> fine. Thank you. <laughs> Does he get a giant mirror? Or is it like a tiny eyeshadow compact? Yeah, it's really small, so you can't see the whole thing at once. Therefore, doesn't know his waterline. <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else for this last good chapter uh i was struck with an idea when i read this chapter mm. but i'm gonna save it for the spoiler section oh are you joining us <laughs> oh just at the very beginning okay. <laughs> stay tuned oh, keep your secrets oh. <laughs> i don't want to ruin it and it I don't want to Ashley in the spoiler draw attention section. to anything. I'm so right. happy. All right. <laughs> well, let's bring it down. Yeah, yeah, I'm signing off. If anyone would like to join me on my ri- rival podcast, um, Just Farm Animal Noises, <laughs> I will be on there for whenever you text me to come back. Okay. I hope it's a lot of goats. It's a lot of baby that goats. That shit is funny yes. as fuck. <laughs> Soothing. <laughs> It's real soothing. (laughs) All right. Elena, take it away. Okay. All right. So just a reminder that chapter 26 is the big content warning for uh, rape of a point of view character by a point of view character. Um, I am going to provide a very quick summary of the chapter contents and then present my theory about uh, Hobbes' intent with the sexual violence in this trilogy. Um, so chapter 26 and God, do I have to say this title courtship? Uh, the chapter opens with Althea asking to be let out of Wintrow's cabin and Kenneth gaslighting her. She is making very reasonable requests for fresh air movement and to be able to speak to her nephew who has been held by a pirate for a year. And he turns all the rules of politeness against her. Are you being mistreated? Am I threatening you? Oh no, you're not safe with the others, with my rough crew. They, they're they not used to women. 
I know you don't care about your nephew, but just a chance to speak with your live ship. Why would you think I'm drugging you? It's, it's just your head injury. Or maybe exhaustion. None of which she can directly oppose him on because she has exactly zero outside information. Then the drugs kick in and he starts telling her, shh, shh, it's just a dream. The rape is described for like three pages. We don't need to relive it here because reading it once was bad enough. Um, afterward, Kenneth's charm points out that he has become Egrot. He is the monster now. Um... We move to Wintrow and Etta having a chat about whether Kenneth's spending too much time with Althea and why they've been kept away from her. And how is Jack being treated uh, down there in the uh, slave hold where Wintrow was held and why Etta has not told Kenneth of the baby. Wintrow confesses he's jealous that Kenneth will have everything that he, meaning Wintrow, wants. The ship, a baby, and Etta. She, she goads him about still being a boy because he hasn't claimed himself as a man, so he kisses her like you do. She gets mad and tells him to go, and he does, but not without this doozy. If it were my son you were carrying, I would have been the first to know of it. You would not have had to share such confidences with another man. You would have been sure of my joy and acceptance. We then join Althea swimming in the deeps with Vivacia, down in the below place beneath the dragon. They're both basically suicidal, but each keeps insisting the other has to live. And Althea finally realizes that she wants to live because um, it's too cowardly to let someone beat you um, so that you die. And she tries to take Vivacia back to life with her. Vivacia feeds her all the energy she has left, and it's enough to wake Althea back up in her body, where everything hurts but is better than not being, and where she can no longer feel any connection to her ship. And that ends the chapter. So, um, with all of that grossness out of the way... I present my theory of what Hobbes is trying to do in a literary sense. Um, number one, show the various ways that rape happens. Number two, show the various female responses to it. And number three, uh, show the various social responses to it. I just feel there is 0% chance that the various presentations of sexual violence in this series were not deliberately staged. The frequent threats of sexual violence that don't get carried out function as a backdrop that reinforces the normalization of sexual violence against women in these cultures. The first rape that is, we're shown is Etta before she's a point of view character. She's marginalized as a whore, aka one of the class of women who deserve it, or for whom it's at least dismissed as a hazard of the job when it happens to them. And it's witnessed by a point of view character who in their own mind has little reason to care about her, so we the reader don't particularly beyond the human horror at the violation. But she's just a whore, right? And that's a line that our culture still um, normalizes. People still say that. Uh, I follow some sex worker advocates, and that bias is just ridiculous in our society. It's, it, it was one I was horrified to realize um, is still a thing. So the second that we experience is Cirilla. At the time, she is a new point-of-view character, but it is a point-of-view character. We just don't know her that well or have a whole lot of personal knowledge of her or emotional resonance with her yet. And she's contextualized in a culture that views women as chattel and where sexual violation is not um, really seen as a violation of an autonomous female's person, but as male, a violation of male's property. Uh, after that, she kind of takes a dive into being a not very likable character and so we don't have to have too much sympathy for her for too long 
Althea, in contrast, is a main is is a main point of view character, arguably the main character of the book, and it's something the reader experiences with her, and also kind of voyeuristically witnesses being done to her. It's meant to be stomach turning and hard to read. I think that's why it is included from both perspectives and in so much detail. Um, the the ramp up in intensity of like across the series of descriptions and reader presence with these acts is deliberate. It's a way to show that no matter how normalized sexual violence is in a culture, it is never normal for the one experiencing it. Our distress is also in part because we as the reader know Althea so well and presumably this far into the series care about her. That makes it personal to us. And her rape is distressing because she did nothing that can create an excuse for the violence. Etta was in a line of work that is known to be high risk for sexual violence, and when it happened, we had no way to know that she had not chosen that type of work. So that scene could have been read as she put herself in that situation. Cirilla arguably could have prevented her own violent rape by allowing the satrap to date rape her, which would still be very dubious consent, but not a physical assault, so arguably she chose the violence. Althea did not make any choice which creates that kind of ambiguity to the situation. She was rescued from drowning, placed within sight of a kinsman. She was isolated and imprisoned and drugged and assaulted for no reason except for having the bad luck to trigger a man's violent and unhealed trauma. I think Hobbes' intent with including this assault on Althea was to make male readers, and maybe female too, disturbed enough to actually face the cultural threads that allow sexual violence to happen so regularly. Things like the ways politeness and good manners condition our children and ourselves away from our intuition and self-preservation. The ways we're taught to trust others' perspectives or experiences above our own. The, um, basically, the idea is to make us feel the horror of having our body violated and get angry about it. Get horrified, feel something beyond a platitude or a blasé acceptance because she put herself in that situation or it happens to a lot of women, therefore it can't be a big deal. Um, I don't think these books are rapey by accident, or because it's meant to be a vehicle for character growth for the female characters. I think it's meant to be a tool for exposing some of the patriarchy-embedded assumptions and narratives around who's believable, and who's trustworthy, and whose pain is valid. The female characters are treated to male violence to further our growth as readers. It doesn't make the scenes less disturbing to read, but to me at least, it justifies them better than... I couldn't think of a better way to show how strong my female character was. Mic drop. All right. Thank you for that, Elena. Yeah, um, yeah that was... I think... A lot of good insight. Yeah. I just... Yeah. I think even if that was all of her intent, though, to not... She wasn't taking into consideration people who have been raped. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there. Uh, on the one hand, I, I I'm like, okay, yeah, she is. She she's putting something on the page that is usually uh, that happens off screen that we can ignore if we want to, uh, and that's the way that happens in real life, right? Um, so she she's she's put it there in a way that we can't ignore, so that we are upset and we have to face it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how. I don't know what facing it has done for me and to me yeah yeah um like i i i mean obviously like i think she had intent with it and i don't 
you know, I don't know whether that intent would have been ruined or not with a you know a warning or some implication somewhere like on the at least the book descriptions that this was coming but like i i spent two afternoons um with my Mm -hmm. hands shaking yeah from having to read that twice and it was um and and it was with a warning both times because obviously we've been very clear you know since the start of these books that stuff happens like in this vein and um you know we knew I knew roughly what was coming. So yeah. I think for me, I'm guess... sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. I think, for, okay. I, th- I just, for me personally, it's like, I know it's there, but for me, it felt like a betrayal. I said this, um, I don't remember if it actually made it into the episode last week, but um, you know, that I had, I marked Hobb as a safe author in a way because I had read, you know, I think like six books before I read these books and I thought, like, this is not an author who's going to do that to me. I've read six books. It hasn't happened. It's not going to happen. Uh, so that part felt, I felt very unprepared for it. Like, we've been telling anybody who's reading along with us that it's happening. But it was, I mean, other than the fact that sexual violence happens all the time, really all the time in this book, it wasn't really telegraphed that something this bad was that you know was going to be put on the page yeah i mean as someone who knew it was going to happen and like knew who it was going to happen to because i'd read the last trilogy like i even as we were getting closer to it i was like i don't see how this is going to happen yeah you know like it was it does i mean it doesn't completely come out of nowhere cuz I mean, like, I I get the arc for Kenneth. I don't like it, but, like, I get it. But, like, it just, it comes out of nowhere for Althea, and I just, it feels unnecessarily cruel to do to her character, which I suppose does, could be does. the point, but it's, it just, I don't know, it's really hard to read. Because, because of, well, and we'll get this when we get to chapter 29, you know, in this other chapter, it's like, it almost feels like the, the, the lens is taken away from her and put on Kenneth. Like, what does this mean about his character? What does this it's mean about really his slide into it? And it's all like, I don't him. care about him anymore. Like, like it's, it's really all about him for me because it's like, it's, it has nothing to do with Althea. Like Althea is just the victim, but it's not about her story. You know, like with Cirilla, it's like, it is about her story. I don't think it hurts needs that either. Cause she was still on that trajectory. It just, gave her more reasons to be paranoid and mistrustful, but, like, Althea doesn't really get to... It just... It's not part of any arc that she needed to be having, you know? Whereas it mm-hmm. it is about Kenna, and it is about his past abuse and him, you know, becoming the abuser in the end, which, you know, I mean, I guess that's a, a like, sad, tragic story, but I also, like, I don't care because he's horrible. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. not like he's been fighting it, per se. I mean, kind of. I mean, it's it's bad because, like, obviously we know that, like, you know, Paragon took away his, like, you know, emotional pain from it. And so he doesn't have, like, he's missing things. And, like, it's not, like, it's not to absolve him. But, like, it's just, it's all kind of a mess. And it just makes it me really It feels like a way to absolve him. Though. It does. It, it does it feel does. like a way to and I don't like it. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. And as we get into, like, chapter 29, too, it feels like that again, and I don't like it. 
Yeah, it feels like I'm being presented with two victims, and that is what makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. I also really, and Rachel, I don't know if this made it into the episode. I don't think it did, but, like, we talked about last week how I really hate this whole, the whole kind of, like, story of Kenneth, though, because I do feel like she ties it to, like, what happened to him as a child and then making him such a deviant as an adult, which I think is a horrible picture to paint. Yes. Because mm-hmm. that's ridiculous to assume that somebody who had childhood trauma would come out as being a horrible human. Um, I don't know. I just I hate the fact that I didn't I did not read um this encounter. It wasn't something that I wanted to, but like I just hate that it was like put so like directly in front of us that it wasn't. I don't know. I feel like it was very explicit, and maybe it didn't need to be or. I don't know, but like Rachel, you said, it's like when I, you kind of like broke that trust of like what you were looking for in the author and what they were writing. And for me, when I signed up for this, I'm like, cool, a fantasy book. And I'm sure there's going to be bad because there always has to be good and evil and like different ways of depicting that. And obviously like we deal a lot with slavery and that's fucking gross and horrible as well. But coming from like a more personal place, like Rape is never something that I want to read about. It's not anything I ever want to relive for myself. And I just felt like it ruined a lot of it for yeah. me. Yeah, I, I, that's super valid. Like, I I don't, I was actually realizing, I don't think I finished this book. <gasps> mm. Because as I am, as I am want to do, I read wikis. <laughs> And I, I'm, I'm like 90% sure that once I hit this chapter, I put the book down and read the wiki and never read anything else. So this may be the first, the first time I'm reading this last 100 pages or so. And it's because of this Don't chapter. You. I mean, I've definitely put down other books before because, you know, there weren't any trigger warnings or anything about it. And then all of a sudden it like pops up in a storyline and I'm like, fuck that. That's not what I I signed up for. I wanted like a beach read, you know, like this. Yes. And going back, like, you know, I read I read a lot of books that have sexual violence in them um, because I'm a big romance reader and especially in the older romances. And Elena, I'm sure you counter it, too. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's just there. It's just like yeah. what happens. Um, and you know, this obviously is a book of its time, so it, we didn't. They didn't really publish books with content warnings when this book was published. I mean, I think it certainly would have one now. <laughs> um, it'd be interesting to see if it's ever reissued if they put one in there. Um, mm. The whole th- and it, I guess this is kind of stupid, but also like this is how I, I wanted to share this because it helped me. The the whole time I was reading this, I just kept thinking about um, stories that deal with the same theme um, that I think are better and more um, digestible to our like to to, to me now. Uh, and that it's it's Mad Max Fury Road. Like that's a a movie where every character is a victim of sexual violence, and what happens in a culture that normalizes it, and what happens to uh, you know to people and victims and but it's not it's just done in such a way where we focus on the people and not the voyeurism of the crime so i i think that that's like a better example of handling this part of our culture 
the thing that really upset me more than anything in this chapter, like, actually, like, I started to cry. I read, like, the last week somebody had said, like, I think you could, I think oh, maybe sorry. Dylan, she's like, I think you could get away with, <laughs> oh, no, but it's, t- it's fine. It wasn't, like, in a traumatic way, but it's just, like, in that very, like, sad, but I read, like, the last chunk of the I didn't realize it went and... back to Althea. I forgot about that part. When um when Althea just, like says she doesn't want to live anymore, yeah, that is it's it, it's you like I think I, I mean I don't know I think every every woman on this planet that you know is is some kind of victim of sexual violence at this point um it's a sad truth. And I think that there's... That's why I think it's such an affront that, like, she put it yeah. in there. I'm like, I guess, and like you said, maybe of the time or something, and maybe it wasn't quite as known that every woman was a victim of sexual assault back then, because we're far more vocal about it now than even we were five years ago, or, yeah. you know, let alone when this book was written, but... Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. Well, I mean, I'll, not ju- not just being more vocal about it, but simply being more educated um about what actually constitutes abusive behaviors um i mean i i certainly look at things i mean things that our culture might consider innocuous like childhood teasing very differently you know now than i did when i was a child and i you know i think that there's a a lot of our culture that exists um at a basically low level of emotional abusiveness and maybe it's not enough to you know truly cause major trauma but it's certainly enough to you know perpetuate itself as you know minor cruelties and a lack of empathy and you know the same goes for you know my perception of sexual violence i mean i think this would have hit the standard like no matter what like this is clear and unambiguous but you know even things like like catcalling or you know being hit on by your brother's friends when you're like you know 12 years old and they're in high school and like uh-huh. you know stuff like that like is that's a kind of sexual violence i'm you know would you have coded it that way when you're that age and you know 20 years ago like probably not but like now as a culture we we have a better context for like yeah actually that shit's not okay either <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know yeah i i think and this is the last thing i'm gonna say about this chapter um I think that you're right, Elena, that it's spot on because she has given us so many different examples from like we have that we've experienced catcalling and groping and like some of those quote unquote low level, uh, you know, aggressions. But then we were able to shrug them off and like, you know, make jokes and and get through the book, you know, and then we hit this Mm -hmm. and like it's like, but what's really any different, you know, and it's like, but giving presenting it to us like this hurts us so much more and i think i think we are supposed to go back and re-examine how we absorbed the rest of the the sexual violence in the story um mm-hmm. based on that and yeah i mean it's it's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't because if you're if you're if you want to make that point this point makes it viscerally but at the same time um you know how many people did this re-traumatize yes or you know um just like how and and how effective was it um for male readers you know like did it did it have the effect on men that it that she was maybe hoping that it would have to make them examine their own behaviors or their you know their own um part in in that aspect of our culture of our shared yeah and i mean that's also something that we should like point out is like you know 
fantasy is a largely male dominated genre and she is using her position uh, and her voice to make it more explicit and harder to deal with. And I, yeah. I don't know if I agree with, you know, traumatizing your readers. I mean, there's six of us and it, like, it's like, we're all just, like, none of us have come out of this, like, Oh, I feel like throwing up, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't know if that was her intent, but she, she did it. She's, you know, she, she clearly accomplished whatever it was that she wanted to, to do. Um, well, and then she really just sealed it up nicely in this chapter with fucking Wintro kissing Etta. And like, I'm like, dude, what the, f- what are we doing? Stop. Yeah, I think this goes back to what you said, Ashley, about the grooming behavior and about how abuse perpetuates more abuse. And so we had, you know, Egrot to Kenneth to Wintro. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, are we are we good? Do we want to move on? Or <laughs> yes. All right, let me call back Eli and Alyssa. And yeah, the title of this chapter was disgusting, disgusting. Well, Elena, thank you for for writing all of that. Um, I really do appreciate thank, it. And I thought you did yeah. a really yeah, thank you for good taking the chapter breaking that, that down. I truly did not want to take. Yeah, y'all, y'all are welcome. I, I. I had to vent all my feelings about it to Rachel and I was like, apparently I have some strong thoughts here. Let me just take this chapter. No, but I think, (laughs) I think anchoring it in like a structure like that was really helpful for me because that really actually helped me figure out like, well, what the fuck was she doing? Cause I really didn't know. So, uh, is Alyssa back or she doesn't want to be back? I'm back from imagining baby cow's eyelashes. All right. They do have good eyelashes. I'm going to do chapter 27. God, you guys, I'm like sweaty now after talking about that. Like legit, my body temperature is up and I'm like, do we all all need to like run around our house? Yeah. Are we? (laughs) No, I just needed to pull my hair back. (laughs) I did that right away. There was a, uh, Something I wanted to point out, and I don't know if Hob wanted to, you know, highlight it in any way, um, but Kenneth put a lot of his emotional abuse into Paragon, mm-hmm. and I don't know if maybe it was a uh, a commentary on how you can't just, like, abandon your experiences um to get rid of that pain because that seemed like a theme in the previous trilogy yeah i mean that comes up again too yeah you actually reminded me of something when at the beginning of ship of magic when not the beginning but amber first sees althea and she puts her hand on her stomach Mm -hmm. and kind of looks at her Did, did you already talk about this sorry no 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 isn't Althea still wearing her magical wizard wood charm? <laughs> Please. Yes. <laughs> yes, she is. Forgot she had one. Thank goodness. Mm. All right. Take us to Key Island. Okay. Yay for following that. Um, so chapter 27 is called Key Island. Uh, Paragon's big plan to get Althea back, as we heard, is to lead them to Keyhole Island to take up an important hostage. 
Amber, who still hasn't quite gotten around to carving his new face yet, is his guide as she lays her bare hands on the wood of his railing. Um, as they sail, Paragon treats Amber and the reader to a little history of Kenneth's father, because that's just what we want right now, more insight into Kenneth. Blech. Um, anyway, his dad was named Lucto or Lucky, and I guess that's why Kenneth is obsessed with his luck. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Preach. Amen. Really right. Lucky didn't like Bingtown, so he married a pirate Isles girl and wanted to live like a king in his own little world until Igrat came along and tricked him into an alliance and then betrayed him and imprisoned him and took Kenneth hostage to control Paragon. Um, so once they anchor at Keyhole Island, Brashen takes a bunch of the crew ashore because he has trust issues now. Um, and he doesn't want to leave them where he can't see them and risk another mutiny. So they're going along and Paragon has given him the lay of the land and told him where they could find Kenneth's mother. She still lived. And he gets to the row of cottages and he finds uh, Selah and Dej and their baby waiting for them. And they're in a bit of a standoff and Brash is trying to explain and he's what he's doing there. And they kind of settle on believing that Kenneth sent him to get his mother, which is not quite true. Uh, Ankle is still around and not happy with anybody intruding on their space. So she, like, attacks him and starts screaming that he's, like, you know, slave, like, raiders coming to enslave them. And She's talking, though. She is talking, that's true. Screaming, but, you know, it's progress. Um, so Sayla tells her to go and fetch Mother instead and gets her out of there. Um, so Brashen follows Sayla into her little cottage and they have some awkward small talk and waiting until Mother shows up and Brashen tells her that Paragon brought him there, which kind of seems to let her know what's going on. And she agrees to go with them, but Sayla is insistent that she does not go alone. Of course, Mother's choice of hostage travel companions, along with bringing those mysteriously missing ship logs, is none other than Kyle Haven, who for some reason has managed to survive all this time stuck down in that wine cellar. No one knows why, but he just wants to go home. Sorry, Kyle. No one wants you there. Right? All I could think was like, fuck, Kevria had a good thing going. Now this turd's gonna show up again? <laughs> I just don't know why he's still there. Like, why? Hopefully he just gets eaten by a serpent or something. <laughs> Moby Dick to the rescue. Why is he still in yeah, the story? Like, why? I don't know. <laughs> he yeah, I exit the narrative. <laughs> this is so dumb. Exits are clearly marked. <laughs> <sighs> Mother was just like, I don't want him on my fucking island. <laughs> Get him out of here. I know, she's like, Mother. He has a like, negative aura. I got some stuff to bring. I'm going to bring some stuff. That's fine. You bring whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> I brought you, you this hostage. Can't even climb onto a ship. <laughs> yeah, he's all like Ken, Kyle. that said when they took the chains off of him I was like don't take those fucking chains off of him <laughs> like, no he can't even stand up right now but like he's a bad person <laughs> he's a stick he's figure at this man. point apparently he's gonna do what he wants I just love that like this woman who has been they tried to silence her right but she's gonna have her last word her last say yeah mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to the mother's story from mm-hmm. here on out so i hope she gets to step i feel yeah. like she <laughs> she understands what's going something. on oh so yeah what is, she's yeah what is, she's yeah just, where does she what's her game i want to know is she going she's she gonna have to kill her own son because she realizes he's just as evil as the person who cut out her yeah. tongue 
That'd be nice. She's gonna be that like, be, all right. That would be well, very nice. I love my son, you know, because I'm a mother and I have that instinct. But he's trapped me on an island for thirty years. She can't um, even give him the talk. I brought you into this world. And I <laughs> <laughs> you left me on an island with only one chair. Yeah, Batshit crazy girl. Oh, poor ankle. I'm still amused oh, by the chairs. She had a rub. Ankle is like full Mowgli right now. Like she just needs to live on her own in the woods <laughs> with her Bagheera. favorite animal friends. Yeah, Bagheera. Yes. She basically kind of is. Yes, uh, preferably some kind of big predator animal that she makes friends with. I hope she's. Bitten. I'd like her to pick her own name rather than ankle. Yes, ankle. She's got it. I know. Come Why on. we're still calling her ankle? I know. I thought for sure they would have given her time a name, for but... wrist to rise from the. If I was Dej and Sela, though, I'd be making a boat. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be on that island by yourself when Kenneth gets back, if he right. gets there first. GTFO. Yeah. I would be piecing out. I don't know if they got boat making skills. They made a bed. What's the difference? None. Russian said it. This furniture did not look great. <laughs> I feel like they'd make a tiny raft. He's like, I mean, technically it was a bed. <laughs> they'd make a tiny raft, they'd like paddle out, and then like a serpent would come and just like eat the whole raft. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love why was Russian style so if it's, shitty to them yeah. about their furniture? If it's, it's like, making nice a box that here. floats uh, versus getting murdered by Kedit, I'm gonna throw the fuck out of that box. Get but murdered by I'd probably rather good. drown, yeah, for sure. Steal the wine. Especially as a female, I'd be like, I'll drown, thanks. (laughs) Is there a volcano I can throw myself in? (laughs) (laughs) It's called the mouth of the serpent. (laughs) Ride the serpent. Cover yourself in bear grease and ride the serpent. My favorite perfume. Well, look, every now and then we have to have reminders that Brashin was, in fact, raised by a good Bingtown family and probably does know what, you know, good furniture looks like. <laughs> I loved when he started doing his small talk with her, though. I thought that was really funny. He's like, what a nice place you have here. Oh, look, a baby. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> looks to be about a year old. Good for good for that baby. <laughs> like, get me off of this island right now. <laughs> like i didn't choose to come here paragon made me (laughs) i also just appreciated getting a little bit of the history on lucky and who mother was because i was thinking the whole time that she must be like some secret mistress kind Mm -hmm. of put on the aisle but Mm -hmm. in fact she was his chosen like he didn't have a wife back home situation it was just not somebody that was from and she just wasn't from bingtown so no one ever came looking for her yeah (laughs) right because they're elitists. They don't want non-trader people. Again. Actual garbage. They're actual garbage. It's an actual garbage town full of actual garbage people. Welcome to Boston. I mean, when Malta's looking the best out of the group of them, it's kind of like, whoopee, guys. We need to reassess. Should I go tell Joey who the best character is? Surprise, Devon is dead and Malta's the hero. He's gonna faint. 
He needs he to should... read like whatever is the last chapter, like chunk about Malta. Malta. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Malta's the literal queen of dragons now. <laughs> Actually, knowing what the last chapter is, that would be really funny. I'll, I'll ask him if he's interested. <laughs> you know he is. He's probably listening at the door. Right now. <laughs> did, did someone say Malta? <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> Does he know that Tavad is dead and like has been for a while? Oh no, he knows nothing. He doesn't care. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, is Fitz in it? I'm like, no. He's like, all right, well. He's gonna join back in, and we're not gonna talk about Devon ever, and it won't matter. It won't matter. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> How about how Devon doesn't that. matter? You need no, to change Devon. your Twitter handle to number one Devon fan. I know. <laughs> yeah. He's Devon Restart Devon for forever. Reason, <laughs> Wait, are there zombies in this book? <laughs> <laughs> well, for a while we thought there were with the forged ones, but they're sort of zombies. But we decided that they weren't zombies. I mean, they're not. That, that like Royal zombies. Assassin book really makes them look like zombies, and I don't care for that. Yeah. I was just still, I am like super dissatisfied the way all of that played out, but whatever. I'm not you gotta stick it right stick with it. Stick with it. Oh, clearly I'm sticking with it because I'm reading this trash chapter. Well, speaking of trash chapters, yeah. please. Yay! Take it away. I'm in chapter 26, not chapter 27 or 28. Oh, okay. Um, chapter 28 is called Dragon Dreams. Tintagli and Rain are still flying around relatively aimlessly in search of Malta. They seem to have a nice little domestic routine down, though, and they need to take a little breaky. And so Tintagli gets hangry, and she sort of has a coordinated landing-ish. And they do their fire building, and they get their little knobs. And she's like, ooh, do you want me to get you some food? And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> during their flights, they've seen a lot of Chalcedian ships headed south. So many that Rain thinks they may have a more significant plan than simply overwhelming Bingtown. Tintaglia enjoys menacing the ships that she flies over, which I 100% approve. I think that's, you know, it's a boring flight. You might as well have a little fun. Um, and she assures Rain that if Malta was aboard one of them, that her dragon sense would alert them. So fear not. Uh, Rain regrets his last encounter with Malta, saying he'd only show his face to her once they were married. Um, but... As Tintagli tells him, he's getting more and more busted looking by the day. <laughs> so he maybe should have locked that down before. And I can totally understand him having regrets now. <laughs> so Rain lays down to go to sleep with a honey drop in his mouth. Um, but one, that cannot be good for his teeth. And two, he dreams of Malta at the bow of the ship. And she's lonely and pitiful. But then she sings that song from Charlotte's Wed called Chin Up, Chin Up. Everybody loves a happy face. Oh, I'm so And she just kind of like shakes it off. And you did a great job. Rain is like, damn girl, you fly. And Malta hears him. And she's like, oh my God, that was Rain. He loves me. Tintaglia says that Rain's dreamwalking is a power from becoming a dragon friend, which can I just tell you how much I love that that is a hyphenated <laughs> dragon a hyphenated hyphen friend. <laughs> Trademark that. It's a dragon friend. Yeah. Um, and that he's mutating so much that certainly his offspring is going to be the next, next generation of elderlings. So she's pretty hype about that idea, in fact. And so she seems to kind of like change her tune a little bit. 
And she now wants to find the woman who will help make the elderling baby. So like, yay, friendship. (laughs) And we hop back over to Malta. She's on her ship. She hears rain. Cool, whatever. But she's got bigger fish to fry, though, because she's bouncing Red and Costco. And they're creepy leering along with how the hell are they going to survive this ransoming situation. The satrap doesn't think anyone he knows will save him, or at least they won't save him and not kill him. So he's sitting on the pity pot. Malta protests that they are thinking about it wrong, and that Granny Vestrit said to consider who would benefit the least and shore up their interest. So um, that would make their allies those without money and influence. They decide to play a little game, and if Malta can get them out of this alive with the satrap and the throne, then the Vestrits will get to rep Bingtown and the Rainwilds, and they get to be an independent entity. So the satrap doesn't think there's a shot in hell that that's going to fucking happen. So, of course, he agrees, which means, of course, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> um, I like the fact that, like, Malta is kind of a, a damsel in need of rescuing right now. But also, I think, given time, she's not going to need it. Yep. She's doing her own rescue. Yeah, and you know what? We all have our down days. Thursday is for your, like not feeling the best and then you shake it off and she's gonna shake all of this off hopefully well rain is just so like she's going she'll never see her again she's stuck on a ship and he's just like clearly if i don't personally save her <laughs> she's doomed yeah <laughs> like which but like he should also be attempting to personally save her no i know but hopefully he's picked I thought he called her his his queen or his dragony, you know, like yeah, like it, it, I felt like he picked up he was picking up some of like the 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 vibe she's kind of settled into, which is like I'm a fucking survivor and I'm a badass bitch and I'm I'm getting out of this on top somehow some way. Yeah. Yes, it's like you're less of a rescuer and more an arm of vengeance. <laughs> and he was able to see it said that like she was relatively safe, right? in her current setting so yeah in 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 this creepy like angel of music stuff where he whispers at her (laughs) while she's (laughs) malta would totally have loved the fan of the opera clearly yeah she's into it like let's 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 be real here she's fucking into it she's the hundred she's one of those girls which i am one of those girls so. When Rachel was little, she would in this grand house that our parent or grandparents were caretakers for, she would listen to the soundtrack of Phantom of the Opera and choreograph her own very dramatic dances. Yes. Rachel, and she would I dance them you. in this big stone room in this mansion and it was just perfection and I die that we don't have videos of that because that is, that is tragic and that should be like in the vault for the aliens to find in the future. I I well I was an only child, so I always danced like no one was watching. There's only one thing to do. Subscribe to our (laughs) Patreon and you can unlock new videos of Rachel. (laughs) 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 On a big bearskin rug. (laughs) Surrounded by dead birds. It was very Southern Gothic Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) I can't even describe to you how many dead birds were in that stairwell. There's a lot of 500. There's a lot of dead taxidermy. Yeah, super haunted. There. It was haunted, actually. <laughs> super haunted. But she was a friendly ghost, so it's okay. Oh, good. She was a friendly ghost. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, I got nothing else. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, 
That's it. That's all right. I got. These chapters were all like pretty quick and dirty. Yeah. Except yeah. for mine, which like, was like 35 pages long. Very quick, very dirty. Uh, I'm getting it? more wine. Yeah. Get more wine because it ain't over and I'm about to bring us down. Uh, barf. I added that barf in there for you, Rachel. <laughs> yes. So are you guys ready to rage? Always. <laughs> yes, stress <laughs> release. What up? Right. Stress release. Chapter 29 is called Kenneth's Women. Oh. Thank you for the barf. <laughs> so this chapter starts out with good old Shriver being worried about their lack of progress. I am dwindling, she says to Cesare, Cesaria, whatever we're saying. <laughs> she is critical of Malkin's leadership to keep them locked in this deal with Bolt and she who remembers. And Cesaria is surprised to hear that criticism. But um, that's what disillusionment can do to a serpent. So when they confront Malkin, he <laughs> explains that they need Bolt to guide them and that he and she who remembers are trying to figure out what Bolt really is. She says she's a dragon, but we know she's not. Why does it matter, says Shriver, and I'm with her. Hopefully, she who remembers toxins can restore Vivacia because Bolt is entirely on my damn nerves. But that's enough serpents. It's time for another endless Kennet section. He's on his way to visit Althea, pleased with his past actions and looking forward to more. But when he enters the chamber, Althea is, is as ready as she'll ever be, and she attacks him. What has come over you, says Kennet, hiding behind civility, but Althea isn't having it. You raped me, you killed my crew, you killed Brashen, you imprisoned Vivacia. This is truth coming out of her well to punish mankind energy, and I think Althea should be given a few knives. But Kenneth is eating shit on the ground because of his balance issues, and Althea manages to make it out the door where she finds some crewmen. Kenneth turns to gaslighting. He appears to want to keep his crime a secret from the other pirates, more importantly, from Bolt. Except in the hallway, Althea encounters Wintro and Etta. Althea yells to Wintro what Kenneth did and laments about Vivacia. Wintro stands around like a useless knob, but Etta is there now, and she is very interested in what Althea is saying. Kenneth is on major damage control. He has to gaslight everyone now and separate Althea from everyone to silence her. But Althea keeps loudly proclaiming the truth, and when Wintrow doesn't believe her and tells her to go to bed, we get one of my favorite lines. She looked at Wintrow as if he were an insect. Yeah. Fuck. Right yes. off, Wintrow. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but before the aunt and nephew can continue their conversation, Etta attacks Althea, screaming at her to shut up, calling her a liar. Althea can't believe that she is being that she isn't being believed by a woman. Uh, but Etta is clearly dealing with some shit. So Kenneth uses this incident to have everyone separated by more crew that shows up to the commotion. Everyone is bundled back to their rooms, and Kenneth, bleeding from the head, shrugs to his crew. Women, am I right? And that's how I know that Saw isn't real because Kenneth wasn't immediately struck dead in the scene. He gets called to go talk to Bolt, who is upset. So Wintrow has taken Etta back to her room, and she's nearly inconsolable. It's all over, she says. Wintrow is patronizing and shitty and decides Etta is hysterical because she's pregnant, and he tells her to cry it out. Etta tells him that he's stupid and clearly doesn't see what's going on. Kenneth arrives and tells Etta that she's to go to another ship, and Etta is like, yeah, I will be fucking off. Wintrow is confused and doesn't want Etta sent away, and he also tries to convince Kenneth to let Althea be sent to Divi Town and then home to get her away from the ship. But Kenneth is all, nah, she's staying here because I want her here. And when Wintrow says that he might be holding her against her will, he feeds Wintrow a whole bunch of shit that Althea wants to be there and likes him. 
So Wintrow is like, well, maybe I should talk to Althea. But then they're interrupted by the ship freaking out because, hey, Kenneth, did you not go to the figurehead as requested? So Kenneth is like, I feel nothing, but heads out. Etta begins to pack her things. And when Wintrow tries to assure her that things will be better, she says, Kenneth has already changed everything. She tells Wintrow that she is despondent and angry because she knows Althea is telling the truth. And this scene is a vision back to Etta's time as a Divi Town whore. And I do feel a lot of empathy for her until she says that she's just going to go away and hope that Kenneth wants her back someday. And then I don't feel empathy as much as pity. Uh-uh. Yeah. So meanwhile, at the figurehead, Vivacia is back, sort of. She wants Althea and Jack brought to her now. Kenneth spends some time sweet-talking this new entity who has no direct memories of the prior day, and there's more gaslighting, and I honestly can't even bring myself to read the section. So Wintrow is sent to gather Althea and Jack. Jack is alive, yay. Althea tells her what's happening, and Jack is worried for her and worried about the situation and a little bit full of rage. And Althea is still heavily drugged. They're brought to the foredeck along with Wintrow, and Althea finally gets to speak with Vivacia. But it isn't Vivacia, it's something new. So Althea feels empty. This isn't the ship she loves and missed. The ship doesn't need her anymore to be whole. She's whole on her own. Wintrow says she feels beautiful. But Althea just feels sick. And then I feel sick when the ship tells Althea that she just had a bad nightmare based on her past liaisons with Devon. And Althea begins to blame herself. And Jack takes her back to her room and I hate it. But this chapter still isn't over. Instead, Wintrow brings Jack and Althea some dresses because they smell bad because they were treated like garbage and uses the time to doubt Althea's story some more. And this whole drugged by Poppy nightmare thing has taken room even in Jack. But Althea is sticking to her guns. Wintrow tries to mansplain her and we get our first fuck. Fuck you, Wintrow. You are exactly what I would expect of Kyle Haven's son. Burn. I kind of was like taken off guard when she said fuck you because I'm like... (laughs) Did they say fuck you? Is that like <laughs> is that like a word that's used there? If they're speaking English, well. yes it is. <laughs> Honestly, what could you have replaced it with that was more appropriate than fuck you intro? Right. Oh, I'm here for it. I say fuck like 75 times a day. It's cool. <laughs> Just like, can you fucking imagine being an adult woman and your like 15-year-old piece of shit nephew? <laughs> right? Is like you know it's like none of them wanted to deal with the realness of it and so they're all like well maybe it was just a bad dream it's like no something horrible happened here and you guys need to face it along with her yeah the fact that no one like they just default are like oh you're lying yeah including jack like that was what got me uh, like jack's her fucking friend that one was knows her like, it, you know, they've been on a ship together for like six months at this point. She, there is no feminine solidarity in this chapter because Edda tells her, you know, and the other, like, to shut up. And then Jack is like, oh, I think you might have been drugged and having nightmares because that's what the ship said. And then the ship, who I guess is female presenting, you know, <laughs> isn't on her side either. And it's just. Well, like, what yeah, the I mean, it's, fuck? It's, you have been abandoned like by the sisterhood. Well, the ship is like the the ship is hoping that that's not true because it doesn't want to have to like admit to being duped by Kenneth or severing like whatever emotional bond it has with him, and you know Etta is protecting her own you know interest because she's like well clearly <laughs> this happened and Kenneth 
you know, but Kenneth's supposed to be mine. He's supposed to be in love with me. So she's dealing with like her own, like, you know, shattered reality. Well, and he rescued and... her from that, right? So she yeah, has that built too. this myth of him not being like every other man. Yeah. At least in her, you know, her view. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so, and, and Jack, Jack's the one that really I don't have an excuse for. Like, like, there's just no fucking excuse for that <laughs> at all. Like, at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Fortunately, I think this is the worst of it. Um, like, there's still a little bit more, like, gaslighting talk in fu- in the future sections, but it's not nearly this bad. And for better or worse, the focus swings from this. So... In the last three pages of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just like the plot intervenes. It's like, I'm sorry we traumatized all of our characters, but the plot. We have to finish that, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) We have to tie the story together somehow. In the spoiler section, we discussed how they all end up stuffed inside bears and the whole church is set on fire. I must have missed that part. <laughs> yeah, I this this it's really just isolating. I think you know at the end of this chapter, Althea is is not she's not without resources, but she's going to have to pull people to her side, and now it becomes a battle of charisma between her and Kenneth, mm-hmm. which is horrible. And I yeah. Hate it. Yeah. And we I mean, know that Kenneth is a very charismatic man. So. Yeah, which is part of the Oof. problem that like he always has that smooth, convenient lie or half truth or like spin and it, it always just sounds so good. You he know, just, when he says it. They needed and... to consult the charm bracelet. Yeah. I'm really mad at the charm mm-hmm. bracelet for not just screaming and being like, Hey, it's true. Yeah, and I don't understand why he didn't say that to Vivacia because they have a connection. I know, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why isn't he? And he was mad at Kenneth for doing it. So it's like, why isn't he standing up? And he clearly already he ain't got no legs. He clearly already like told Bolt, Vivacia, whatever stuff about Kenneth. So it's not like he hasn't betrayed him before, right? Well, that's probably one he of hates the reasons Kenneth. That like, I don't think he's, he's really away. concerned about betraying him. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think that little charm has, like, plans of its own. Um, so maybe it's just, like, kind of waiting for the, the ultimate uh, defrocking of the uh, the monster. Yeah. Like, maybe Mother has to be there for it to be, like, complete. Mother. Like, your mother has to see your shame. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, just continu- continuing, like, the the aspect um, of from the other chapter of just this may be being done to promote cultural awareness. Um, I mean, obviously this is a huge, you know, moment of, well, let's talk about the, uh, the way victims are often treated and not believed. Yeah. And is there any, is there any extenuating circumstance or any excuse that we can make? And then once, you know, that tiny sliver of doubt is cast upon your story, clearly like you're lying, clearly right, you're hysterical. Because it interrupts clearly. everyone's plans, you know, the, yeah. fo- the, this football team is going to state, but you know, he's made this company so much money, you know, like there's always, yeah. there's <laughs> always an excuse. There's always 
a reason to for it to be overlooked uh and, and that has nothing that to do tension. with justice yeah and, and always that tension of well you're a woman and like you can't be trusted you're emotional you're yeah. you know you would lie to get your own ends and like Kenneth's the most fucking like it like he's the biggest liar of them all he's the one that constantly lies for his own ends constantly manipulates people like everything he does is driven by emotions that he's so fucking sunk in his trauma he doesn't even recognize that he has who's fucking emotional and hysterical now yeah totally and I hate that Etta is also the other person that knows that it really happened, but she's just so caught up in like her own yeah. know, situation with all of this that she can't actually and she tells it to Wintro, but Wintro's useless a child and an idiot and thinks she's right. hysterical because she's pregnant. Up which Kenneth's maybe butt. Smack yeah. Him. Oh right. Oh my god. Where was the knife fight there? Honestly. <laughs> like, you think I'm emotional? Pew 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 daggers. <laughs> Fuck you, Wintro. Fuck you. Yeah, and I, I, I felt so bad for Etta at the, at the moment you did, Rachel, because I hated that she was, like, being crushed, but I was like, thank God she finally sees through it. Oh, she's been through and, too like, much to, to not know it when she sees it. Like, right, you, yeah. Well, yeah. And I was like, thank God she finally fucking sees through Kenneth, and she, you know, under, like, she has actually made something of herself now. Like, she understands that people like her and respect her. She can read. She's smart. She's educated. She doesn't need him to go, like, bloom and, and have a, a great life somewhere else. And I was like, good maybe she gets off this fucking boat and like can go have a life and then she's like but maybe he'll take me back someday no no like count your fucking lucky stars that you get to escape cleanly like no don't want him to take you back don't settle for that want want more for yourself girl shit i but i you know back to like this kind of idea of internalized misogyny where like you know like we have all of these these characters right we have Alth- we have althea we have jack we have etta we have malta they're all out here they're all out on on these boats but they're all isolated they're all alone mm-hmm. and they have built their lives in surviving in worlds where they're alone and then when it comes to allying themselves with other women whether it's keki or etta and althea right they don't they they reject it Mm -hmm. yeah and that's and that's actually one of the other um sort of threads of of misogyny is basically to 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 make um i guess the the male approval such a scarce resource that women fight each other over it and um distrust each other because it's a finite resource and that's one of the ways it's a sort of divide and conquer principle it's one of the ways to keep control in a system like that Mm -hmm. everyone should just be lesbians i don't see the problem (laughs) i'm i'm pro that honestly i I think the thing i i actually hated most in this chapter though was the way althea starts to blame herself and like she takes it all the way back to being a fucking child and she's like if i had just been a good girl and stayed home with mom then like you know she would have loved me more and i wouldn't have malta that didn't help malta it didn't do malta anything Well, no, I'm not saying it did. I'm just saying like that, that that's where her narrative goes, that instead of like her first reaction being like un, unequivocal, like understanding that she was like victimized and this like was done to her. Yes. Like then she starts to take it upon herself. Actually, I was thinking about this. I'm sorry. I'm going to rant a little more um, <laughs> in, in the shower <laughs> this morning. I was thinking about this, about the fact that um, if you 
actually are willing to say, well, maybe I put myself in that situation or maybe I did something to cause that. It's it's a way to make yourself less of a victim and to like feel like maybe you have a little more control of, you know, of what happened 100%. to you instead yeah, of it just absolutely. being completely something that happened or that was done. Um, but like that doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it better. And I was just so angry that that was what she started thinking. I think though, it's also, let's look at like an ex- the example of Althea and Malta at the same time, but there it's yeah. proof that there is no, there is no amount or level of compliance with the system that will save you. And yeah. the system wants you to comply. The system clearly needs you to comply in order to perpetuate itself, but there's nothing you can do that will bring yourself above that type of treatment or violence mm-hmm. or, you know, that's just the reality. Yep. I say burn it down. Yep. Where's Tint- now? Where's Tintaglia? Where is she? <laughs> Spit on right? it. Death breath them motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Feminist icon. Well, you know, one thing I will say about the dragons is they... They at least like preach, you know, sisterhood, and I'm real, real damn upset that uh, that Bolt let herself get. Well, snowed. Bolt isn't here anymore. Yeah, well, Bolt Vivacia. What, what, what's her, really what's her combo name? It's super convenient. Volt? But now we Vivaltica. <laughs> She's affordable, but peppy. Bolt is uh, very environmentally friendly. <laughs> Like, it was real convenient that, like, all of this both brought, like, Vivacia back-ish, but then also removed her memories. So it's the same. Right. And it's weird, too, because that's not what happened to Paragon. Like, Paragon merged or is working with the the inner dragons, but didn't become a completely new entity. Is this because what what Amber was saying was, like, let Paragon, like, exist? I think so, so. yeah. Yeah. I think that's what she meant by it. So Vivacia lost. So the last time we really saw Vivacia was when she was with um, uh, Althea, when she was, like, dreaming. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I I, I, I took it more as, like, Vivacia and Bolt both kind of lost. Like, that it was a... Yeah. um, Yeah. Like, that that neither of them is, is really there anymore. That it's now this hybrid personality that is for the third time just kind of waking up, you know, from scratch. It's and... two Vix. Yeah. Bolt's a fucking idiot, so. I made a Voyager joke and no one laughed. Sorry. Have Sorry. I haven't done mm, Voyager. Yes. Star Trek. Okay, never mind. Somebody out there listening got it and laughed really hard, Rachel. It just wasn't <laughs> any of us on air with you, and I'm profoundly sorry for that. It's the same person who got my Muppet Treasure Island joke like 15 episodes ago. <laughs> if you're, hey, if you're that a... listener, let us know. So, l- let us know. Okay, every episode prompts this be my crew, character introductions, and exits. Well, stick figure, Kyle. Oh, skeleton Kyle. Stick figure Kyle is here to represent. (laughs) Poor Kyle. Excuse me? Poor Kyle. It's the only time I will ever say poor Kyle. He's the skeleton. Uh, He had it coming, okay? He had it coming. Skeletonhood. There's no more yucky (laughs) stuff on him. It's the best, most powerful human form. They burned away all of his garbage. 
like say something better. I, there's nothing. Are you better. Ch- are you channeling your inner hero right now? What's happening? All right. Uh, X marks the spot. Where the heck are we? I don't fucking care anymore. Key in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> I don't fucking care anymore. Nowhere ocean. good. What a tangle! What are the serpents doing? Apparently, mocking Paragon. Just carrying. Yeah. Making friends with Paragon and all, and menacing Vivacia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or whatever uh, she is now. And, and protecting um, Shriver at all costs because there's apparently not very fe- many females left in the Tangle. So she's a hot commodity. <laughs> oh. oh, also, we got confirmation that Shashuria is blue. So happy for her. I think we that. should name. I think we should rename her Susudio. It's definitely male. Susudio is a boy. The boy. Oh him! I can't keep track of all of them. It's They're the A at the end of the she name. She remembers his It brain, is. Right? I think Shriver is. I have them flip flopped yeah. in my brain. Shriver and Susudio. Somebody's green is. It's either she who remembers or she who remembers is green and gold. Green and gold. Yeah. There we go. And Tiller, feel- who's like. Gone now, I think, was green. Yeah. Uh, the ships talk. What did we learn about live ships in this section? Oh, they can get total makeovers. They'll betray you. Okay, they can get makeovers. Total That's makeovers. a good one. Hot bod. Get a new face. Extreme makeover. To be determined. They can live merge personalities edition. and be become determined a new master hot personality. <laughs> That's not any better. <laughs> Eyes. Same. 100% cannot tell when people are telling the truth. <laughs> um, when, yeah, when they lose their connection to the, the people, then they have no actual social skills. They are yep. not lie detectors, which is real unfortunate. Right about it. Yeah, because we've been treating them like them. So. They could do better. Is this the patriarchy, misogyny, capitalism, slavery, and fashions from Jamalia? Unfortunately, yes. we are heavy on the patriarchy and misogyny and light on the fashions from Jamalia. Great. The big ship patriarchy is just here, we're on it, we're in the poop deck. <laughs> Formerly the Fucking... best deck, now the worst. I have put in a request to be transferred, but it is being ignored. I Soon we will go back to the The only thing we knew about Jamalia was the slash sleeves <laughs> and the buttons. <laughs> And the pants. We haven't gotten pants. To the pants yet. I know. Gotten the pants. But someday we'll get to the pants. We're gonna get to their weird ass pants. Uh, all right. <laughs> Jinkos. They wear Jinkos. Reminder for our next reading section. It's gonna be Ship of Destinies, chapters thirty through thirty-four. I think that this is gonna be our last uh, five chapter section. And then after that, we're gonna have six to end the book. Um, we have content warnings on chapter 30 for more gaslighting and talk of rape. And then chapter 32 for painful conversations about Althea's rape on some characters defending Kennet, which is super barfy. Um, and then in chapter 34, I just threw this in cause it, it struck me, uh, scenes of a slight romantical nature with a minor. So. Uh, <clears throat> hey, I, uh, I actually, um, realized this the other day uh it's the same age difference as sailor moon so no (laughs) (laughs) so just pictures just 
yeah. picture tuxedo mask. Oh, it's I'm so sorry. weird. I think I'm on the wrong podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like I waited so long and it was too long that it was awkward. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm on the wrong one. I'm Rachel. You can email all of us at bookkeepradio at gmail.com. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Instagram. No, on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa. I'm at AlyssaMaynard.com and at the rival podcast that is just farm animal noises, which you can find on the <laughs> same website. <laughs> uh, I'm Jenny and you can find me at Faceless Brand on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I forgot to put Elena back in. Sorry, girl. There you go. I'm Elena. You can find me at Lena. And I'm Ashley on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. All right. Next up is spoiler section with special guest Ashley. Ashley! Y'all have fun. I'm ducking out. Thank you very much, Elena. Yep. Off to drink now. (laughs) A lot. You (laughs) have to do it. You earned it, yeah. Wait, are all of these people in spoilers? I'm not. Me and Elena aren't the only new readers. Yeah, but we know what you're talking. About. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've got. I've got uh, and I finished the book anyway. Spoilers. So. so okay, so for um, the listeners, I was um, hounded last week about like, <laughs> is there something that you might have missed, or what are your thoughts about Amber? All of this and. Everybody knows I've been giving Amber the side eye for a while. So I went back to reread that chapter and all that because I'm like, did I miss a clue? And I was just kind of grasping at straws. And I was texting with Rachel and kind of like throwing out some things. So I was like, you know, does she have, does Amber have some like wizard word charm of her own that's allowing her to talk to dragons? Because obviously she kind of has that connection with Paragon and then I speculated that maybe she actually has, you know, I have this issue with her gloves and I'm like, maybe her hands are actually made, they're carved out of wizard wood and she wears the gloves so that nobody can really get like a good glance at them, you know? Um, and then I was like, well, maybe she just got like a really bad splinter and that's how she's able to talk to the ships because mm-hmm. she just has some wizard wood splinter in her hand. And I'm thinking about it and thinking about it. And then I'm like, okay, well, maybe she's a Ludluck, but she can't be a Ludluck if she's a prophet because I had it in my head that like maybe prophets could only come from one place, but then I'm like, well, can prophets come from anywhere? Like, we don't really know. And I don't know. It was just like me guessing, going back and forth and kind of questioning. So then when I left it, I was like, you know, then I started to wonder like how many prophets are there in this world like how many i mean there's we've already know of the fool we already know of amber and that's within just this kind of like small grouping so 
I'm like, are they only assigned to like VIP people? Like, what's their mission? Are they all they are after the same end game? People. Yeah, or like, are they all after the same end game, or do they all have different missions that are in conflict with one another? Are they all batting for like the same team? Like, how is this all breaking down? So, I don't know. I was just thinking, thinking, and I could just kind of like left it at that. I'm like, I don't know, whatever. I think so, you're going to get more clues in the next section. Well, I got more clues. I will say this. The conclusion that I had come to, I only came to because you guys were like, look for it. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have glazed over it. But because I was analyzing like literally every word when Amber came up on a page, <laughs> I've decided that Amber may be the fool because in chapter 25, there's the line that says, there's a few reasons for this, but the the line that tipped me off, she says, I've been called a fool as often as I have been called a prophet. So that's when I was like, okay, let's go with that. So then I was thinking, well, I really hated the fool straight out the gates. And I also really hated Amber straight out the gates. You did. I was offended. And the eye color thing, the sickness that we were attributing to prophets in general, that all thing happened. But then also the fool was really good at carving and he was making all of his little like puppet doll thing. And Amber is also very good at I still don't know what the fuck the gloves are all about. <laughs> and I don't know if it's possible, but that is my suspicion. And again, I only came to that conclusion because I was like hyper focusing on everything that Amber had on a page. So that's that. Oh, well, do you want us to tell you what we think? Or are you, like, you're just putting it out there? I think I want to find out on my own. Okay. But let the record show. Let the record show that you, that you think this is a possibility. I feel pretty good about it. Okay. Mostly because I hated them both in the beginning. I have a good gut instinct, though. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. We'll see how it goes. We don't have that many chapters left, and you guys said I would find out by the end of this. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, yeah. Thank you for There's openly the... just putting your opinions out there after we giggle at you. Yes. Week after week. I was like, these motherfuckers <laughs> try, like, make me try to figure this shit out, and I'm like, I don't know. But that one sentence just really stood out to me, so... Because we don't get a lot out of Amber. Like, she really doesn't talk a lot. We don't spend a ton of time with her. We don't get things from her point of view. So I feel like what little we are given, I guess we do have to kind of hyper-focus on if we're trying to figure out her mystery. Yeah, she's very secretive. Do you, so, yeah. What it, do you hope to learn more about prophets in general? Or is that... Well, yeah, because like I said, I have a ton of you. questions. I'm like, how many are there floating out there? Do they all come from the same place? Because we know the fool came from like really far away. Um, Amber made the comment that like she left where she came from because people didn't believe her. But for some reason, I was thinking that like the fool was held in high regard for being a prophet. But maybe I just made that up in my head i couldn't really remember that one and i wasn't willing to go back and look Certain um, people did. so i don't know i don't know the questions right. you are asking are 100 
percent going to be answered in the next yeah, trilogy. I was going to say yes. if only there were more books. And the next <laughs> trilogy, I have to wait. I have to get into the next trilogy to find out this. There's You're more books. Find out in the There's next more three books. Excuse me. No one There's told more me. Book. No one told me. Wait, you mean like to find out about profits yes. in general? Yeah, 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 yeah For me yeah, to get yeah. my answer about Amber. Oh, okay, <laughs> like what? <laughs> okay. Four so that's what I'm. Not that's what I'm putting down for the record. I think where right. you are right now, you will find your answer before the end of this book. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for me. Thank you. Thank you. All right, jerks. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, jerks. Bye. 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 I'm so proud. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she figured it out. I did not give her, well, I mean, we talked about it, obviously, all together. But, like, when she said she was texting me, I did not answer her texts. <laughs> wow, rude. I was like, these are all very good guesses. <laughs> I want her to now go back and, like, look at every other time Amber says the word fool. Yeah, I mean, well, I, this obviously times. was a very I know, one of like, those she says very that, like, stark, good lines. Yeah, this is when I realized. Oh, really? Yes. Yep. This because the fool has said that exact line too. Yeah. No, he's. They. Amber has said called herself a fool before. She said she said a very similar line. Yeah, a couple there's, times. There's before, been a yeah. very yes. similar line before but because like every it. time. We get to it. I'm like, look at this line. Look at that line. It's right there, just sitting out there for anyone <laughs> to look at. I just, I really just can't wait until we get to like, you know, the next chapter where she's putting the earring. Oh my god, in. the earring, and then, and then there, and then, and Brashen's like, this is a lot. <laughs> and then the axe that is ornamental. The axe. And, and she's like, I, I just had extra wood. Okay. <laughs> and then later, later, when it's like. Well, what are you carving there? Oh, charging bucks. You're going to do some extra. Your, um, your descriptions of Jack and Lord Golden and Fitz talking were extremely obvious. And I, I don't remember those personally, but you were talking. What? You were talking about how you were reading ahead. And it sounds. Oh extremely obvious in the next trilogy. Well, yeah, I mean, in Golden Fool, it's like Yeah, in Golden Fool, Jack tells Fitz. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. What do you mean you don't know who Amber is? I mean, they're having a full conversation with the Fool as Amber and Fitz is like, yeah. who is this person? I don't know anything. I'm Why having are you a talking crisis. like that? Jenny, we should what? repost once they get it, and this is this trilogy is over. Our cosplay photos of me building your face on your face. <laughs> it's amazing. I. It's funny too because I just like I really like that. This is that's the only thing that's keeping me going because I don't. I'm kind of like don't care anymore. Like, well, that's why I have. I, I'm not a fan of the ending of this book because it just sort of ends. Well, this whole like idea also. Well, actually, wait. Who's read ahead? Yes, Eli. Do you need to get kicked off? No, I'm. Uh, as far as we were supposed to have read. Yeah, I know, so but I need... finished the book. Yeah, so you need to get off. Uh, oh, all right. I think this whole idea that. 
like Ashley and Elena think that Kenneth is gonna get what he deserves. I know, and it doesn't happen. It's so disappointing. Like I hate that it, he goes out like not heroically, but like he's like gets stabbed like for the satrap, which is bullshit anyway. And then right, he like, just gets passed over, like to you know Paragon. He gets to die on his ship with his mother, and like it's just yeah. There's horrible. this whole like vivacious like can it can it come here get paragon paragon we have can it we're gonna get him for you. and i'm just like no one like, like i don't care about this throw him in the ocean can it's like the baton being passed in the relay it's <laughs> and i hate yeah. that like yeah i hate that and then like paragon... and we're supposed to be like oh yeah we really want him to get there we want him to get to the paragon and i'm like why yeah paragon why gets Kenneth's eyes oh, although i oh. do love amber's ind- indignation she's like they're not supposed to be blue they're supposed to be brown <laughs> God damn it. Which I also Your like when are... Jack shows up and she's like, I like the brown better. And Fitz is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, it's a weak death for a weak man. Yeah, 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 you're right. That's true. It's not heroic. He just kind of ends. Mm. Um, Dying and it's really more about Paragon than it is about Kenneth. Yeah. Well, it's I like think. Kyle gets hit by a straight arrow. Like, Kenneth, <laughs> which is the dumbest thing ever. Like, Kenneth gets accidentally stabbed, saving the other worst character, who then gets to live and, like, the go back to... The only reason that the trap gets to live is because if he doesn't, Malta doesn't get all the exactly. money that she negotiated for herself. Bitch better have my money. Mm-hmm. I also just love that, like, Malta's, like, disfigurement is just called a scar for, like... 17,000 chapters and then it's like it's this beautiful dragon crest it's a crown I think yeah. it is. you're the dragon queen I also love that Jack is like hey those scales aren't so bad <laughs> because Jack is a sapphic woman <laughs> well she right. says it about rain no does Jack she say it about sapphic? rain <laughs> no I know but she says it I know I agree with you but she says it about rain I think when she I mean it is a little like, stupid where they're both like I'm hideous they won't love me and they're both like looking in the mirror like no <laughs> I just I love that Malta when Malta sees rain and he starts coming too she's like ah I can't be here I gotta run away because I'm so ugly and rain's like oh and no then he's like, oh, she she's saw my face the trap. she saw my face and now she doesn't want me <laughs> and Malta's like I detest this man what are you talking about <laughs> Like, I'm trying to live here. Leave me alone. Although I do like that Tintaglia just drops rain in the middle of the fucking ocean. Yeah, she's like... <laughs> she knows then, how like, to treat a man. fucks off with her, with her serpents. She's like, I dropped you sort of near a raft. What do you want from me? <laughs> like, way too high. He's like, almost, like, almost unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next, the next section is just, like, really, it's pacing. a lot. There's a yeah. Lot. Yeah. It really is pacing. <laughs> <laughs> well even like just I mean Hava has a tendency to do that with her endings where it just like just all gets wrapped up real fast and yes. not Ram. ultimately satisfying <laughs> don't feel like especially in this case yeah Rainwilds has some pretty like cinematic endings where I was like wow if this was a movie made in the 90s this is exactly how it would have I mean, like, you know, I'm glad that, you know, Malta and Rain get to dance at a ball and whatever. But Best like... part of the trilogy, yeah. Except for the fact that we cut to Wintro being like, hey, Edda, do you want to dance? Ew. Super barf. 
Also, I, I'm mad that the charm bracelet didn't become something more than just like still, like a tiny, tiny dragon, like a pirate dragon parrot. What if it emerged like a tiny dragon? <laughs> if they give it silver, you know, will it? Maybe. My favorite dinosaur is a Nemecolopteris, and it's a, basically a tiny dragon that eats ladybugs. <laughs> so maybe that's exactly what Kenneth's charm is. And you just but like she still on your shoulder. She still doesn't even know what it is. She just takes it and she thinks that the spirit of Kenneth is talking to her. Well, because it has his creepy face. <laughs> well, no, but does she actually look at the charm when it's speaking, or does she still just like hear the voice and think, "Oh, Kenneth has come to talk to me." I like, think I don't if you're know. wearing it, you should be able to tell if it's moving its mouth. I don't know. I don't know that she... I didn't get the impression that she really realized what it was. Although she does what seem to realize what it is by the last trilogy. Yeah. She, I mean, is achieved dragon lover. No <laughs> one else has done that. It's true. They've just gotten dragon friend. He was her real boyfriend. It's true. The charm was all bad. It's yeah, that is true. That's the charm the, chose the her. True love story. Yep. Uh, you can call Eli back. Howdy. I screwed up. Is there... I didn't we, read no, the rest just... of the book. No, but you weren't supposed to. Mm. I just had a rare moment where I wasn't falling asleep every twelve seconds while I was reading, so I thought I'd take advantage. I swear I read everything like after 26 and I was like, I have never read this shit in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, did I finish this book by reading the fucking wiki? I must have. (laughs) Maybe that's the wiser choice. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Eli, we wanted to, because we kicked you out early, we wanted to give you the chance to say your piece if there was anything else you wanted to say. I don't know, man. This whole section was just hard to read. It was bad. It wasn't great. It's true. You're correct. I specifically picked the the short chapter that didn't have any terrible garbage in it. (laughs) Family friendly 25. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, 27 wasn't so bad either. I'm trying to think of, like, how it's going to be when we get into the next section. Because... There's some fucked up shit. Why it gets gets worse? <laughs> no, no, not the not the section after. I mean, like the like the the tawny man. Oh, like I'm like, oh right, like the fool gets nailed to the wall. <laughs> yeah, normal. And like stuff. his skin is flayed off. He's crucified. They put him into a stone. Like you've never gone through it, like me too. We meet Cable Robred. He's just like a shell of a corpse. My last name is also Robred. That's crazy. <laughs> Traditional name, really common where you're from. It's English. <laughs> if it was Kyle Robred, <laughs> what they call really like really poor bakers <laughs> versus the cooked breads. Yes. <laughs> no kitty. Baked bread. His <laughs> cat is yowling in the background. All right. Well, I'm done. Yay. So if we're all good, if we've all said our piece. Yeah. yeah. I think so. All right. It's garbage. Yeah.
<laughs> and yet we're reading it. We we can we can uh, get move on to Tawny Man at any point. It was really you know I thought it was going to be weird going back to Fitz and I was like this is so refreshing. Yes, <laughs> I miss Night Eyes so fucking. And much. then you're going to want boats again. So here comes the rain wilds. Right. The is bad. <laughs> that was You'll, not. No. That was not. It, that was disingenuous for sure. <laughs> and second favorite, Tawny Man. What do you guys one. feel about running the podcast without me for four books? <laughs> <laughs> you Guess you're in charge. Describe my face. Wow, that was great. <laughs> Without words, panic. Was it... yeah. he just looked in panic back at me. <laughs> oh my god! All right, well, bye everybody. Bye. 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 bye.